three and a two and a one. <laughs> I'm gonna put that in. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Welcome everyone to Muggle with a Mic. Katie here, and I have a special guest who just did an awesome entrance. But my guest today is Taylor. Hi, Taylor. Hi. <laughs> Taylor, tell us where your recording studio is. Oh, well, <laughs> coming to you live from my aunt's closet. <laughs> because that apparently is where the best sound is. Absolutely. Um, no, but uh, unfortunately, we don't have Phil this week. Phil's um, really busy with school right now, so he's taken a little hiatus from the podcast. But that means that we can have you on here, Taylor. Ah. <laughs> Thanks for thanks for coming on. Were what were your feelings when I asked you to come on? I was excited to help you out, um, but kind of nervous. Not done a podcast before, but times are changing, and I feel like podcasts are so common. And honestly, I listen to probably three podcasts every day um, because I have a long time to work. So, so yeah, so it's very informative, fun for people to listen to, especially when they have long commutes. Yay. Thank you. You're welcome. You know what? That quote is going to go up on our website for promotion purposes. <laughs> I should just be a commercial person. <laughs> there you go. Well, I'm sorry to bring it, but you have been in a commercial, have you not? <laughs> I have. See, we got another actor on. I had Nick on for another episode. And now we have another actor, Taylor. Yay. Yay. <laughs> All right. So today. This is a very green episode. This is our Irish episode because if I plan it right, this episode will be released on St. Patty's Day. So we are going to talk all about St. Patrick's Day, the Irish culture. And then, Taylor, what movie did we both watch and which movie are we going to talk about? We watched Wild Mountain Time, which takes place in Ireland. Super beautiful and it gets you in the mood for St. Patrick's Day. There you go. Yeah. It's a bonny movie, that it is. <laughs> you knew the accent was coming, didn't you? <laughs> I did. You're really good at those accents. I am to non-Irish people, but I'm sure the Irish are very, very hurt by my accent. <laughs> I remember the first time I met you, I'm pretty sure you were talking in an accent. I I don't remember, but I don't <laughs> deny it. Anyway, so St. Patrick's Day. Here's a little bit of history about St. Patrick's Day. St. Patrick's Day is celebrated annually on March 17th, the anniversary of St. Patrick's death in the 5th century. The Irish have observed this day as a religious holiday for over a thousand years. On St. Patrick's Day, which falls during the Christian season of Lent, Irish families would traditionally attend church in the morning and celebrate in the afternoon. Lenten prohibitions against the consumption of meat were waived for people who would dance, drink, and feast on the traditional meal of Irish bacon and cabbage. In modern-day Ireland, St. Patrick's Day was traditionally has been a religious occasion. A religious? Religious. Well, oh my gosh. I think I've had one too many Guinness that I have. St. Patrick's Day was traditionally a religious occasion. In fact, up until the 1970s, Irish laws mandated that pubs be closed on March 17th. 
But in America, it is kind of a cliche holiday. You know, everyone dresses up as a leprechaun, drinks, and is merry. But yeah, what do you normally do on St. Patrick's Day, Taylor? Honestly, the last few I've been working. And I think, honestly, last year was probably canceled, even if I I was working. Um, I did see a parade one time, and that was kind of cool. I kind of happened into it. I didn't even know it was going on. And I was walking uh, in Cincinnati looking for a dress for my sister's wedding, and I happened upon a parade for St. Patrick's Day. So that was kind of cool. You happened upon a parade? Yes, I just happened upon a parade. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh were they were they like were they like crazy like super fun or how how was the parade yeah I mean it was it was definitely family friendly but it was cool um there was a lot of men in kilts and they were (laughs) and they were throwing candy or green necklaces or just you know and they were singing a lot of songs so it was just really fun yeah that I mean the Celtic Irish culture is, is very into music I mean they have a deep, rich culture of music. I mean, I, my mother is, is like almost 50% Irish. Oh, wow. Um, so I, f- I feel like I got my music gene from her. So <laughs> speaking of which, I'm holding a, an Irish whistle right now. What? Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was apropos. <laughs> <laughs> well, <an> Irish whistle. <laughs> Me? <laughs> I learned I learned the theme song to the movie Wild Mountain Time on it. Oh wow. All right, here's some fun facts that we can go through about Ireland. Ireland has hundreds of accents and each town in Ireland has its own unique flavor. Ireland ranks 6th worldwide in the average consumption of beer per person. Oh, so like they are the 6th in the most consuming of beer. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's, I think they're failing. They need to be number one. Who's number one? Do you know? I don't know. I would think Germany. Oh, okay. You know, Oktoberfest, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, 10 million pints of Guinness are produced in Dublin every day. Um, the harp is the national symbol of Ireland and not the shamrock. Ooh. Yeah, and uh, the harp is featured on the front of Irish passports. This is neat. Taylor. Yes. Did you know that the White House was designed by an Irishman? No. I'm surprised it's not green. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if it would look right with, I don't know, that'd be a lot of green, green grass, green house. (laughs) I I don't think the Irish can get too much green. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Around 88% of Irish people are Roman Catholic, which is what I am. Oh, and this is fun. So you know how Irish people, a lot of their names begin with Mac and O, like O'Daly, MacDonald? Yep. Well, Mac means the son of. Oh. So MacDonald is Donald's son. <laughs> and then O means grandson of so like O'Malley, it's Mally's grandson. That just changed my life. I watched so many movies with names like that. There you go. <laughs> to know now how they're related. <laughs> Your life will never be the same because of this fact. It completely changed. 
<laughs> oh, here's another thing. So the Irishmen must be, or Irish people, must be really good designers because they also, the Oscar, you know, the Golden Award for the movies and with the Oscars. Yes. Designed by an Irishman. Oh, they're just designing all kinds of things. Right. So why are they called Oscars? Shouldn't it be called like uh, Patrick's? I don't know. The Patrick's Awards? The Patties. Oh, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it takes some time to catch on. <laughs> I'm going to call them that from now on. <laughs> hey, congrats on your patty. <laughs> <laughs> Not used with a cow patty. Oh, Patrick Award winning. <laughs> Oh, anyway, um, Ireland is home to one of the oldest pubs in the world, which opened in 900 AD. And there are, get ready for this, roughly 34,000 Americans reported Irish ancestry in the 2000 U.S. census, which I think seems low. Yeah, I don't even, I actually just took one of those DNA things, and I don't think that I had any Irish. What? Yeah. Like sixty percent from London. Oh, yeah. I- but then I should be talking like this to you, my lady. <laughs> I'm royal. <laughs> <laughs> That's fun. So wait, you said sixty. You are sixty percent English. Yeah. And, and I actually that surprised me because I'm very dark complected, dark hair, and I never. I always assumed that they were more blonde, light eyes. Mm-hmm. I just remember it said London because I thought I would be more Middle Eastern. Uh, Mm -hmm. Took the trip to Israel. A lot of the women there I felt like could be my sister or Mm. I don't know. Any Native American? No, I think I think it was very small. And that yeah, that really surprised us because I have high cheek. But you still have some? Yeah, I think it's very small. Huh. That's more than me. I didn't have any when we did. Well, I just did mom's side, but dad's side doesn't have any Native American. And what are you mostly? So I don't, I haven't done my own. My mom did hers and she is, if I have the percentage right, around 45% Irish. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then she's got the next is Scottish, German. We don't have any English, which we thought we would have English. And then my my dad's side is mostly Slovenian, Serbian, Croatian. Okay. So actually, I think I lied because British and Irish. So it kind of compiles the two. So maybe I am Irish. (laughs) Uh, Well, how you doing, cousin? I know. But it says Greater London and Dublin. Oh, you're from Dublin. (laughs) And 0.3% Native American. That's what my... Wow, that's neat that you have Native American, though. Yeah. Well, my my family is from um, County Kerry in Ireland, and uh, Donna the Donegal or Donegal is how they say it. But my, my mom's family—they're from—they came over during the potato famine of what, like the eighteen forties. Yeah, and uh, her area was from the area that relied greatly on the potatoes. Um, so that's why they came over here because they were they were just starving and they needed to get here. They had no other choice. It's kind of it's kind of, so. On that fun note, don't you wish you could go like over? I mean, you said you have been to Ireland. 
I have been to England and Scotland, but never Ireland. And I would love to go over there. Uh, Cause just the, uh, just the pictures that I see of it, it just looks so beautiful. So green. Well, the way you said you felt when you went over to Israel, I feel like that's how I would feel in Ireland. I'd feel one of the people. Yeah. <laughs> I take my little Irish whistle and I just join in in the pub. <laughs> <laughs> You'd fit right in. <laughs> <laughs> they would never be on to you for your accent. <laughs> I'm like, give me another Guinness, please. <laughs> Okay, uh, anyway, so now we know each other's heritage through and through. Um, let's, uh, let's go on to the movie. How about that? All right. Okay, uh, I'm going to read a synopsis of said movie, Wild Milton Toyn. <laughs> you're, you're laughing. The other, if there's anyone Irish listening, they're not laughing, they're cringing. <laughs> Right now, every time I talk in an accent. <laughs> They're like, oh, that poor lady. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll say, buckle up, because they're going to keep happening. It's going to be a bump in the eye. Nice. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Please keep it up. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> All right, here we go. Synopsis of Wild Mountain Time. John Patrick Shanley who created the classic Moonstruck, brings his sweeping romantic vision to Ireland in wild mountain time. The headstrong farmer, Rosemary Muldoon, has her heart set on winning her neighbor, Antony, although it's Anthony, but the Irish say Antony, Riley's love. The problem is Antony seems to have inherited a family curse and remains oblivious to his beautiful admirer. Stung by his father Tony's Plans to sell the family farm to his American nephew. Antony is jolted into pursuing his dream in this comedic, moving, and wildly romantic tale. It's directed by John Patrick Shanley, who also, he's, he directed this and he also wrote the play that this is based off of called Outside Mullingar, which was on Broadway in 2014. He also was director of Moonstruck in 1987, the movie Doubt from 2008 and Joe vs. the Volcano from 1990. And the movie stars Emily Blunt, Jamie Dornan, John Hamm, and Christopher Walken. All right, so Taylor. Yes, ma'am. General thoughts on the movie. <laughs> um, okay, so the movie was actually kind of confusing for me at first, um, but it has like a sense to where you want to keep watching it the very mm -hmm. the opening part I really liked because it kind of pans across Ireland and just the beauty of it and the ocean and it's playing um really upbeat music so it just I don't know it sets the tone and it makes you really want to um watch it I definitely was confused through some of the dialogue but um but I think it was overall really enjoyable to watch. The characters are really good actors and actresses uh, that I've seen in other things. So it was really, it was just enjoyable to watch them in something different. Taylor, that was awesome. Oh, thank you. You did a good job. I mean, like you said a bunch of things that I was thinking. <laughs> I could like hear it in my mind, what you were saying. <laughs> 
Oh, you're a psychic. Yeah. Your ancestry is full of psychics. <laughs> <laughs> no, I agree with you. The scenery, the landscape scenery throughout the whole movie. I mean, if you just played that, I would love that as my computer screensaver. Yes. It was just beautiful. The music was amazing, of course, because it's Irish. It couldn't be less amazing. <laughs> uh, and the acting, I think the acting was wonderful. Yes, the movie, I've, I've watched it twice. And I will say, the first time through, you have to pay attention. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you were in the movie theater, you couldn't put captions on. I didn't have captions on, but I could totally understand putting them on to maybe pick up some things they're saying because of the accent. Yes. I actually have captions on. <laughs> Did you? Okay, there you go. But, um, okay, so here's the first thing I want to address about this movie. The Irish press was brutal in their criticism of the accents in this movie. What did you think of the Irish accents? So for me, I can't, honestly, I listen to, or I watch a lot of movies uh, especially British movies, just anybody with an accent, I just find the movie much more enjoyable. <laughs> mm-hmm. Me too. Uh, yeah. So, um, so I did see some of that too. They were critiquing them a lot on their accents, but for me, I feel like because I'm not native in that dialect that it really mm-hmm. stand out to me a whole lot. Mm-hmm. But I know cause they were talking about Christopher Walken just being, Terrible. Yeah, but I really didn't. I thought he played such a good character, such a good part. It was cool to see him because the the movie that I remember him most in is Sleepy Hollow. So I felt so different in comparison to this movie. Um, So I thought he did a really good job. I think if you don't be a snob and you ignore the difference in the accents and as an American listening, I did. I mean, I did notice that uh Anthony and Rosemary's accents were different but who who cares yeah. and Christopher's was bad Christopher's was just bad <laughs> yeah but if you take the accents aside the acting and the writing were amazing i thought yeah yeah i do too if if you if you are too critical of the accents then you miss out on the rest of the wonderful movie mm-hmm. and i oh i had a I had a quote here that Jamie said. I think it was Jamie. Oh, well, he said about the movie about how it was just kind of strange. But he said, some people just might not get this movie. Uh, They might just go like, I don't get it. It's kind of mad. I've never seen anything like it. But then people who get it will really get it. And they'll really all fall for it. And Emily and him both got it and fell for it. So... Yeah, I think that if people are rude, they're going to miss out on a really good movie. Right. And it's weird because I guess we don't have a lot of movies or I don't notice a lot of movies where people are have a different accent and then try to speak the American accent. I don't notice a huge difference, but maybe it's just because I'm not a huge movie critic and maybe the people that are writing these articles are. And so they're, they know right. what to look for. Well, like, for instance, I mean, we hear people do accents and the the go-to accent for America is like a New York accent if they want to do a thick accent. Right. And they they may be from, you know, Pennsylvania or they may be from Florida. Right. Why do you have a Brooklyn accent? (laughs) But uh, if you get too much into that, then again, you're missing out on stuff. Now, 
how did you feel about uh, Anthony and Rosemary's relationship? I, to be honest, in the very beginning when it shows them as kids, it was very short. So it wasn't a very long snippet of the film, but I didn't really understand the relationship at that time. And the little girl mm-hmm. who um, I guess she was jealous of who came up to talk to Fiona. Yeah. Okay. So I wondered if that was Fiona. I wasn't sure. Uh, mm-hmm. But so, yeah, their relationship early on, I didn't really understand. But then once it, you know, brought them to where they're older and they were um, talking about who the farm's going to go to and stuff, I could clearly tell that Rosemary had this huge crush on Anthony. Anthony. <laughs> uh, Anthony. Yeah, Anthony. Uh, but, <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know. I I was very, very confused until everything sort of tied into the end because honestly, I didn't think that Anthony had like a weird, I thought his personality was normal for a long time. <laughs> And then I started realizing, oh, he does have like a really weird way of like, I guess I was just confused and I didn't know where the movie was going. And so then I later on, I realized, oh, he's actually just kind of like confused. And he doesn't realize that Rosemary really has this huge crush on him. Yeah, he he just he was awkward. I I mean, not in a bad way. He was just a shy, awkward guy, which is totally fine and honestly endearing. And I think I, but I think that in his mind, he was thinking, everybody sees me weird. Also, I think I'm a B. (laughs) (laughs) Time is running out. Now you tell me your secret, Anthony. I told Fiona and she ran like Satan. I'm off kilter. It doesn't matter how. Is it because you hate people? No, I don't hate no one. You can't shock. I have thought of everything. I've made my peace with it. Come on. What? All right. Okay. I believe that I am a honeybee. Say that again. I believe that I'm a honeybee. I get the car. <laughs> I mean, the moment he says that, I I had to Google. I paused the movie and I Googled if honeybee had another meaning in Celtic or Ireland. Yeah. No, no. I was, I was actually not telling on myself, but I was watching part of this at work. And, um, <laughs> we'll edit that out. Yeah, we'll edit that out. Uh, I was on lunch. <laughs> and whenever he said that, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Like this whole movie, I'm trying to understand and I'm really laser focused. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden he says that and I'm like, wait a minute, what? And then I had to rewind and re-listen. <laughs> You know, I thought he was going to say something like, uh, you deserve much better than me. I just, I don't deserve to be with anyone. I thought that's what he's going to say. And then he just says, I'm a honeybee. It definitely comes out of left field. You just don't even expect it. Honestly, I don't know what I was even thinking that he was going to say because I was kind of, because when he told Fiona, um, 
the, the lady from the bar, when he t- like whispered it to her where you couldn't hear him, I was sitting there thinking, okay, what is he telling her? Because she's laughing. So it's got- no, but that wasn't, that wasn't Fiona. That was just some random girl. Okay, okay. He didn't know who she was. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so this random lady, and then she just starts laughing, and she falls <laughs> off a wall because she's laughing so hard <laughs> and mm-hmm. really falls pretty far. I'm surprised that she was still laughing when she hit the ground. <laughs> nah, they're the Irish. They're tough. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I don't know. I mean, so you didn't have any like thoughts in your mind of what he was going to possibly say before he said that? I mean, I thought he was just going to say something somewhat normal, not that he was an insect, but... <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I do, I did like how they showed, I was like, why, what is this girl at the bar for? What's the purpose of her character? This is a waste of a scene. Right. But her character, I feel, was meant to show two different reactions between him telling them what he felt. And you have one reaction, which most people would probably have falling off a wall and laughing at him. Right. And then you have Rosemary who when she finds out, she is kind of like, oh, we're both really weird people. And that's okay. I'm I'm going to stand here and just let you say what you need to say and not laugh at you. You know, she didn't laugh at him. Right. And like, what did she say? She was like, that's okay, because I'm a swan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> the scenery is beautiful. <laughs> Oh, but then you know what happens? I mean, the writing was awesome because after watching it the second time through, I appreciated it better. But he says, I'm a bee. And she says, well, then what does that make me? And he says, you're a beautiful flower. She's like, you're too good to me. (laughs) I mean, come on. Yeah. Anyway, I love this movie. Yeah, I don't know. I, I definitely some reading that I done afterwards, there was more things that I, I guess I didn't pick up when I first watched the movie, because I only watched it one time. Mm-hmm. But when he was in the boat, and he's waving his oar around, and then he's whispering to the air. I thought maybe he was just reenacting like another, you know, how he was pretending like he was proposing to the donkey. Okay, who was <laughs> um, he proposing to? Uh, I don't know, but he was actually maybe speaking to the bees is what they were saying. That's what I was thinking. Cause the first time through, I was like, what the heck? And then the second time through, I was like, maybe he's talking to a bee, but why would he be swatting at the bee if it's right. his kind? Right. And then also he, if you remember, there was a scene where he, uh, found a bee in the house and he put it mm-hmm. under a cup and then he, he took it and put it like freed it to be outside again. Right. So I, I thought that was it. The first time you watch it, I thought, oh, he's just a kind soul. He doesn't want to kill another living thing. Right, right. But no, he thinks it's his uncle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if he was an uncle, would he have like an O'Malley name? <laughs> or what would it be for Obeezy. Obeezy. Oh, uh, no, but if you also notice, he's, um, when in some of the scenes when he's, like, talking to Rosemary or, or someone else, you can hear a bee in the background. Yeah. See, I'd have to go back through and listen, but I feel like I had read that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, yeah, there were so many things I didn't pick up on that led to the plot twist. That and he's a bee. <laughs> yeah, that he's a bee. Okay, so... um. 
little history on the swan part. So have, do you know the story of Swan Lake? I don't. I looked this up because there's another Irish movie that I love. And I saw it when I was younger. And it's it's based off of a, I don't know if it's a play or a musical, but Billy Elliot. Have you ever heard of that? I haven't. Okay. It's got, um, oh, who's the guy? Jamie. I can't remember his name, but the lead the lead actor. Anyway, it's a little Irish boy whose dad's this big, big guy that works at a plant, but uh, his little boy wants to learn ballet. And so the whole movie is about his father accepting that his son wants to do something that he may not have chosen for him, but he's going to allow him to do it. He eventually comes around and is supportive in his ballet pursuits. And at the end of it, he is the lead in Swan Lake, the male lead dancer in Swan Lake. So I was like, did the Irish have something with Swan Lake? I was like, so I looked it up and here, here is the story of Swan Lake. It's basically um, girl has been cursed to be a swan her entire life with all of her friends and they're all swans and they live on a lake. Okay. And the only way that she can, they can break the curse. She becomes a human at midnight every night. But then she could revert back to a swan. But the only way she can break the spell is like true love. Okay. Gotcha. Actually, I wrote this down. How did I put? Okay, here I put it as a as a brief little synopsis. Swan Lake. Prince needs to choose a wife. Wife. Uh, he doesn't like anyone. He finds a swan that turns into a girl at midnight. Of course, he falls for her. Couldn't be a normal non-animagus girl. The spell only broken with true love. He pledges his love to her. The prince is tricked into thinking someone else is the, is the swan girl. Unknowingly, he breaks his vow by basically proposing to the fake girl. And then this that means that the original swan is going to die. So the prince goes all Romeo and Juliet and wants to die with her and they live happily ever after the dead. So how does that tie into Rosemary being a swan? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because uh, she's different, you know, yeah. and she doesn't think she'll find love or the person that she loves won't love her because she's not who she needs to be. Right. Does that make sense? But anyway, it is based off of Swan Lake is based off of a retelling of an ancient Irish myth of King Lear, L-I-R. And it's it's a fun story about his four children and a stepwife who like curses them and they become swans and then they live for nine hundred years but he dies and then when they after nine hundred years they turn back into kids and then they die as kids. No, they they almost pull a Benjamin Button and they age like rapidly when they turn back into kids and they die like soon after. Gotcha. It's a terrible story. Yeah. I don't know. The so because my my genre of movies is typically like cartoons. <laughs> Ever you said that about the Swan Lake? I was like, this reminds me of Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. So is it is there a swan in one of the Shreks? I only know the first one really well. There, there is not a swan, but Fiona is like a princess, but then she turns oh. into. At night, she turns into an ogre, and then she has to find her true love, who ends up being an ogre, so she ends up staying an ogre. Yeah, so if there's any kids listening, they're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. (laughs) (laughs) We cover all the age bases in this episode. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, no, but I, so I didn't really know. I mean, I know the music of Swan Lake really well, but I never knew the story. Right. Because in the movie, her dad has like a book that he shows her and then he plays a record. Now, is that based off of that? The, that record was the music from Swan Lake. And I'm assuming the book was probably the story of Swan Lake. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, because it's a ballet. There's no lyrics to it. So she just listened to the soundtrack. She wouldn't know the story. Right. Well, um, they had some good lines in this movie, too. There's the one. <laughs> there's the one scene when the dad is basically telling Anthony, I'm not going to give you the farm. I'm not a Kelly. You're not a farmer, is what you're not. Oh, no, Tony. You don't stand on the land and draw strength from it, as I did. Till many died. You'd rather read your damn magazines. Easy now. Don't criticize me, Daddy. Some of us don't have joy, but we do what we must. As a man who does what he must but feels no pleasure, less of a man than one who's happy. Poor little Anthony. When he calls him daddy, he just sounds like a little kid, and I just want to give him a hug. Yeah, I know. Well, is that whenever um, his dad is laying in bed, saying, like, telling him the whole story of how he really fell in love with his mom, his mother? That's the other one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because that was a definite. That was definitely a tearjerker. Anytime oh there's older guy crying that makes me so sad i know no and that's that's the that's the point is if you got past the accent christopher walken does a great job in that scene and then also the scene in the pub when she sings a song and yeah. he, he just basically is breaking down crying in the pub yep i also like rosemary's um you know women can do anything men can do stance women can do what she is it one she can women can do anything men can do basically she didn't need a man's help oh yeah yep i remember that because at one point uh anthony says you got to clear the field that's a two-man job and she says or one woman yeah (laughs) yep there was just a lot there was a lot of scenes though like they would um conversate back and forth and i I, t- I didn't really understand what they were even talking about. Like the scene where they, where she finally gets him to come over, which was probably shortly after that scene that you're talking about. And he mm-hmm, she mm-hmm. anything to make him stay. Cause he just wants to leave. Cause he's got to go pick up his cousin from the airport. Yeah. From the airport. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Adam, Adam was his name. Yep. And so the, the things that they're saying back and forth in that whole scene, I was on edge the whole time. Cause I'm like, What's even happening? <laughs> no, that that was my favorite scene of the whole. It gets, it's a kitchen scene. And I think it's like 20 to 25 pages of script, which is really long. Yes. And no, every little section I was, I was, I was on the edge of my seat. Yes. But it was almost, I mean, it was good, but it was like, I was so afraid I was going to miss something because they were just, it was, it was a lot of dialogue. Oh <laughs> yeah. I love when she says, uh, Will you have a Guinness? I tell you, I'm just here for the minute. You will visit, or I'll know why. Now, they say this new bottle of Guinness is as good as the pub, but that's a lie, but it isn't too bad, maybe. Does it taste of glass? It does. You know what? Don't open it. I'm going to open it. Well, don't. It's done. I've opened it. Jesus. 
Jesus. Useless but to drink, no. All right, share it with me. Me, I couldn't. Pour it out into two glasses. You're only saying that to divide your time in half, you'll stay. Sit down and share it or I won't touch it. Oh, look at you. You are a demon tempting me with a drink. Oh, yeah. He's like, I'll have, I'll have, I'll have, I'll share it with you or whatever. And she says, I already opened it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and what did he say later about... She asked if he wanted another one or something, and he was like, I can't have two. And she's like, you only had half one. <laughs> she's just being very stern, like, you're not leaving. <laughs> and then there's one point when she goes, I'll make you a sandwich. And then and then later she goes, you want another sandwich? I'll make you another sandwich. <laughs> and it's very random, like in the middle of them speaking, very serious conversation. And then, do you want a sandwich? <laughs> Oh no, but they were it was such an awkward conversation, but at the same time it flowed perfectly because I feel like they're two awkward people that go perfectly together. Yes. Oh. I took a picture of uh like a screenshot of that scene that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Because she goes, I think it's worse in a man. I can't stand a man with feelings. And he said, A man with feelings should be put down. And she said, Can I make you a sandwich? <laughs> so it's just <laughs> in a really weird spot. <laughs> there's another point when oh what does it say oh it says she keeps saying don't stand over me please don't stand over me um and then uh what was it um i'm on don't you want a man that smells like flowers and she's like i should smell like flowers a man should smell like a cow like you (laughs) (laughs) i love that Oh, some women like that. Hey, to each their own. I I think I read somewhere, which I thought it was really weird because I was just looking for, because really the only thing I've ever seen him in besides this was Mm -hmm. Upon a Time, which a lot of people haven't seen. And I think you're actually the one who got me onto that show. And he was like Sheriff Graham. Oh my gosh, Taylor. Taylor. Okay. So yes, that's an amazing, thank you for bringing that up. Cause that's where I did first see him and I loved him. Yeah. But do you not know what else he's in? I know he's in the 50 shades, which is really, there you popular, go. but I've not seen those. So I felt like I didn't, you know, have any. No, absolutely. I, Hey, I've only seen the first one. I haven't seen the second and third one. Yeah. And he is it like, this man needs an Oscar. <laughs> Because the fact that he can play that and then play this is like the the one scene that I really remember in this film that I was like, this is, I I never saw Christian Grey in this movie ever. And it's the scene when he's on the phone with the American cousin. And when he hangs up the phone, he like turns to go into the closet, but he almost runs into the wall and he tries to make it not look awkward, but that made it look more awkward. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, Jamie Dornan said he felt closer to this character, like it was his reality, than, of course, Christian Grey and Fifty Shades of Grey is, because I sure hope that's not his reality. Right, right. I don't know that that's anybody's (laughs) reality. (laughs) But yeah, I think that's what I thought was funny, because when I was doing research and trying to see like other movies that he was in, the thing that the name that he was given was the Golden Torso. (laughs) And I just thought Wait. <laughs> I just thought that was the most random thing because I guess he was a um 
I guess he was a model for, I don't know if he was a model before he was an actor. And he's also a singer, which he sings in this movie. Mm-hmm. And, and I kind of wondered if he was actually a real singer or if, because sometimes they can like enhance the the voices that they put in the movie. Auto-tune, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so he's actually a singer too. So that was pretty cool. No, I mean, I looked that up too. So Emily has been in like Into the Woods and other things. So she, she has sung before. Right. But that, that song at the end when they sing Wild Mountain Time together, they sang that live. Now, what you're hearing is not the live one, but they did record it live um, <laughs> and then recorded later. But yeah, that's both of them singing. I was pretty pretty impressed with that because it, did, it didn't sound like actors were singing, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm always super excited when I see actors that can also sing. They're just so talented because to have like, you know acting modeling and singing you're a triple threat in the industry and it's just really cool to see somebody that's that talented and really loves what they do it just goes to show that the recipes were not evenly distributed in the gene pool yes (laughs) (laughs) i mean why did they get all of the good ingredients (laughs) sprinkle it around evenly (laughs) Oh, but no. Um, and plus, I love Emily Blunt. I just think she's a fun person, even off the screen. She just seems like a really cool, down to earth person. Right. Yeah. And she, so that's what I thought was cool too was all three of the main characters were like from different places, right? Because I don't know if Jamie was from the UK. He's, a, he's or, Irish. Okay. And mm-hmm. then Emily's from London. Mm-hmm. English, yes. And then Christopher Walken is New York. So it what? Was just- Are, you're telling me he's not Irish? <laughs> I mean, he played the part so well. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> so, yeah, I can't imagine the um, the director. It would be cool to see him actually directing them in getting their accents in sync or trying to get them in sync coming from yeah. different. But you know what? I kind of don't want them to because I almost like the fact that the accents are bad because then the people who truly appreciate the movie will be the ones who know the movie. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They didn't let them get in the way and they still enjoyed the movie. Right. Or they could just get the accents right. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Okay. I've got two. Do I have two more things? Oh, two more things. Okay. One thing I wanted to address was there was a complaint that a lot of the things in like the house like the way the house was and it was aged and the car vehicles and everything were like stuck in the 80s or even before then the whole at the beginning of the movie i thought oh maybe we, maybe this is the 80s or something like that and then i realized no you look at john ham's outfits and stuff like that and the airplanes and everything so i think it was okay because even though our country or rural ireland may not be like that it was a cliche take on it and people again can just get over it yeah i think it showed i mean you could see the the huge contrast between i'm not sure how they really live over there on the farm but you know there was a huge contrast between there and america and i liked the simplicity of where they were and being on a farm and kind of doing things more um what's the word for it yeah more rustic and kind of living off the land and whereas where adam was you know he's in new york and he's 
doing the hustle and bustle. And even when he shows up to the party, when he comes to Ireland, he shows up in a fancy car just for show and it Rolls Royce. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, I think that it was meant to depict the difference between Adam and Anthony and, and also, I mean, you didn't even, you didn't see a cell phone at all. Did you ever see a cell phone in the movie? You saw an iPad on the airplane. Oh, I didn't even pick up on that. Yeah, I don't think you have, they always use the wall phones. No one has a cell phone. I mean, I knew they didn't have a cell phone, but I didn't pick up that there was an iPad on the airplane. Yeah, when he reads the Irish Farmer magazine. Yeah. He zooms in on it on the iPad on the plane. Yeah. Yeah. So, By the yeah. way, he was he played a good jerk. I didn't like him because he was too forward with Rosemary. Like, don't just grab her and kiss her like that. You don't know her that well. Right. Yeah, I saw people were joking on online because they were saying, who asks somebody to come to New York the next day when they just met them? <laughs> like John Hamm does. <laughs> John Hamm. And Don Draper. Day. Who goes all the way to New York for one day and flies back? I I can't even. I, I mean, will tell you though, I would do that because she was conflicted because she was like, should I stay here with Anthony or should I just take risk it? So I think she did that. She's like, I just need to try it, see what it's like. And that confirmed to her that she wanted to stay home and with right. Anthony. Right. Because Adam was a lot more forward than Anthony was. And she was wondering, you know, that might be a good change. And she didn't really know what she wanted. Absolutely. Well, I would have picked Anthony. No offense, Adam. <laughs> I will take you buzz buzz. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, anyway. (laughs) Um, My last little bit of info that I have is on the song that they sang, which was Wild Mountain Time. Time spelled T-H-Y-M-E. It's also known as Purple Heather and Will Ye Go, Lassie Go. Oh, the summertime is coming. And the trees are sweetly blooming And the wild mountain time All around the blooming heather Will you go, lassie, go And we'll all go together to pluck wild mountain time All around the blooming heather Will you go, lassie, go It is a Scottish-Irish folk song. The lyrics and melody are a variant of the song The Braise of... I'm not even going to try this word. Okay, I'm going to try Balquhither, whatever, by Scottish poet Robert Tannehill and Scottish composer Robert Archibald Smith, but they were adapted by Belfast musician Franz blah, 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 blah. In a book that an author wrote about plants, they describe Wild Mountain Time as essentially a love song with the line, Wild Mountain Time grows among the Scottish heather perhaps being an indirect reference to the old custom of young women wearing a sprig of thyme, mint, or lavender to attract a suitor. Rind also notes that in British folklore, the thyme plant was the fairy's playground, 
and often the herb was left undisturbed for their use. Hmm. Wow. Hmm. Although the, the, the English and the Irish and Celtic say herb, not herb. <laughs> All right. Are you ready for quiz time? I sure am. I don't know how I'm going to do, but <laughs> we will try our best. <laughs> well, we're going to quiz each other, so we'll take turns. Yes. Um, so back and forth, now, one question and one question? Yes, exactly. Gotcha. Um, now, I always like to do this. Uh, for correct answers, what would you like the sound to be? You should do the whistle. <laughs> oh, the whistle? Yeah. <laughs> okay. What do you want that is perfect. Anyway, that was so bad. Perfect. You have to use that. Okay, we'll do a whistle. Now, what if it's wrong? Um, want, like a cow? A cow or a bee? Or buzz? a bee? Yeah. Ooh, we'll do a bee. We'll do a bee, yes. Okay. Okay. But it has um, a bee that's like sad, like... <laughs> <laughs> I may just take that sound and (laughs) repeat it. I'm making bee noises in a closet. (laughs) Your aunt is going, what is happening? She's buzzing. (laughs) Okay, so uh, here we go. All right, here we go. Now, these questions are going to be a mixture about the movie and then about Irish stuff, okay? All right. All right. Question one, Emily Blunt got her big break playing Meryl Streep's assistant in what movie? And you could either answer or ask, uh, I can give you multiple choice. Uh, multiple choice. <laughs> okay. A, The Dressmaker. B, Zoolander. C, Devil Wears Prada. Or D, Coco before Chanel? Hmm. I'm going to guess A. The dressmaker? Yes. I'd never heard of it, but (laughs) I don't think it would be Zoolander. And I don't think it would be Devil Wears Prada. (laughs) Devil Wears Prada. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Well, because I feel like that movie's not that old. Oh, yeah. She, no, she's on there and she plays the kind of not nice uh, assistant who Emily or um, Anne Hathaway takes her place, basically. Right. Yeah. right. All right. My turn. You ask me a question. Okay. My questions are more, or well, I guess I probably have a mixture too, and I don't actually have a lot. So the film is an adaptation, which I think you actually answered this, but we'll of what play by John Patrick Shanley, which ran as a Broadway show in 2014. Outside Mullingar. You gotta do the whistle. (laughs) 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 Good job. Yay! Um, Okay. How many counties are there in Ireland? Mm. Well, you said there was like how many languages? A lot. 
<laughs> I don't know if that would mean county. <laughs> I, I will say, I'm guessing there's more accents than there are counties. Okay. Um, 30. I'm going to, I'm going to give that to you because it's 32. What? Yeah. Good job. Do the whistle. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. Here we go. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> good job. Yeah. There's 32 counties. Um, 26 are in the Republic of Ireland and six are in Northern Ireland. All right. There you go. Good job. Very educational. Mm, I try. <laughs> okay, so what present did Adam bring Anthony? Oh, that that ugly, weird raincoat, and it was white. Why was it white? Yes, I don't know. And I thought it was kind of it was funny that yeah. <laughs> um, I thought it was funny that he wore it a lot through the scenes, and I and. Even though he was kind of like upset because Adam was possibly going to propose to Rosemary, he still wore the coat. I think because he wanted it to get dirty and he didn't want to treat it nice, you know? Uh, He did stomp on it at one point. Oh, yeah. And he was letting it get dirty on the back. I think he was treating it the way he wanted to treat Adam. Oh, I gotcha. Mm. (laughs) Because he's a jack it. Okay, here we go. Uh, This is a question of of something I asked earlier or that I mentioned earlier. And it's kind of funny that you mentioned this, but you'll get it once I ask. Okay, what was the name of the king from the Celtic story Swan Lake is based off? Would you like multiple choice? Okay. (laughs) This This is funny that I have this as an actual option. King George... King Farquaad, <laughs> King Edward, or King Lear? King Lear, L-I-R. Nice, you remember the spelling. Oh my gosh, hold on. Um... <laughs> I like Lord Farquaad. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, and you mentioned Shrek. That's so funny. I wonder if he's short too. Like for Farquaad is in Shrek. He probably was. <laughs> um, okay, my turn. Um, what does, I kind of mentioned this earlier because it was one of my favorite things of the movie. What does Rosemary offer to Christopher Walken when they are by the gate? Or what does she offer to do? Oh, is this the, is this the freezer eggs? Yes. <laughs> I don't know why, but I just love that part so much. Anthony will never marry. Oh, he will. Wake up. Look to yourself. No, and if it comes to that, I'll freeze my eggs. You'll what? I'll freeze my eggs. If he's slow, I'll wait. You should freeze your whole body if you're waiting for that. (laughs) She's just so insistent on marrying Anthony. And, oh, I just feel like that is something I would totally say. But uh, and and he was like, "You better freeze your whole body, then." <laughs> yes, and he—it's oh, just comical. I just love that part. Well, wait, uh, I can't go. It's <laughs> 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 <That's> really bad. 
<laughs> All right. This next one is a challenge question. All right. I'm ready. You ready? I'm ready. Do your best Christopher Walken impression. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just, can I just say the part that we just talked about? Yes, please. Well, you better freeze your whole body. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. <laughs> oh, I'm trying to wait. I, I, you have to like, he's, his phrasing is off. He doesn't do phrasing like a normal human. He like goes like this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Christopher. <laughs> so that was, I'd say, so to continue the Christopher Walken question, what famous SNL skit did Christopher Walken appear? Oh, no, I don't ever watch that. <laughs> Are there? Oh no! Here's the multiple choice: uh, Lazy Sunday, Wayne's World, More Cowbell, or Matt oh, Foley. Oh. I'm gonna guess Wayne's World because I love Wayne's World. But um, I feel like I actually saw that somewhere. Actually, is it not? Am I getting a beast down? I think I just. Okay, I'm gonna give it to you. Oh my gosh! My heart's pounding. <laughs> give me the answer. So you are right. I forgot he's in Wayne's World, but he the one I was looking for was more cowbell. Oh, he's in the movie Wayne's World. I don't know if he was ever on a Wayne's World skit on SNL, but he was in the movie. Right. And that's what I had thought I seen. And that's why I was like, I didn't I don't even remember seeing him in the movie. And I've seen that movie so many times. But yeah, I don't know about the skit. I've never I never watched that. Well, you get a bonus. Cause you 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 caught my mistake. Good job. <laughs> I stumped the teacher. <laughs> you did. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, my question. Okay. Oh, I don't have any more. <laughs> I don't, you have, don't have any more. <laughs> All right. Well then, that's okay. That's okay. Here, I'll I'll do one more, and that'll be the last one. All right. Let's do it. Uh, let me pick a good one. Okay, which of the following actors is not Irish? Ready? Ready. Ewan McGregor, Jamie Dornan, Saoirse Ronan, or Liam Neeson? Okay, I don't think Liam Neeson was. Is the question who wasn't? Yeah, who was not. So all of these are Irish except for one. I'm just going to guess Liam. Oh, I have a particular set of skills. And one of those skills is not knowing who's Irish. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not Liam. Liam is Irish. <laughs> oh my goodness. Wow. Yeah, he kind of has a faint Irish accent, but it's actually Ewan McGregor. He is Scottish. Okay. Yeah. Obi-Wan Kenobi is Scottish. <laughs> <laughs> insert theme music here <laughs> oh i should play star wars on here hold yeah. on star wars on an irish whistle Irish whistle that plays Star Wars. 
one. <laughs> it's just me. You're very authentic. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, all right. Well, this has been a bonny time. Okay, let's... <clears throat> I'm going to get my Irish accent out. Here we go. Oi. <laughs> I've had a bonny time talking with you on the on the podcast, Taylor. Oh, you're when very you're- welcome. <laughs> Taylor in an Irish accent sounds like Tyler. Like <laughs> Tyler, like a boy's name. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I mix five different dialects. I should have practiced. Hey, you probably sound exactly like the actors in the movie then. Probably do. <laughs> this ends this episode of Muggle with a Mic. Taylor, thank you so much for joining me this week. You are so welcome. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry I stuck you in a closet to record the episode. <laughs> this has been really fun. I'll be <laughs> people this story one day (laughs) there you go and share this on the interwebs as as phil says and um just for our listeners i hope to have nick reynolds on our program in the future again and we're we will be discussing the television show parks and recreation um so stay tuned uh for our next episode which will be parks and rec and hopefully Phil will be back soon after he's done with schooling. So thank you again, Taylor, for joining. Well, thank you for having me. <laughs> Slanja, Taylor. Slanja, Katie. No. May I know what I am? You're a flower. The most beautiful bloom that grows. Do you really think that? Yes. Anthony, you are good for me. No, I'm a disgrace.